there. Welcome back. I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. It's so good to be back with you today. I really missed you and I missed being able to visit with you. I had a number of things come up last week. We were inundated with major snowstorms. We had no power and we didn't have internet. So it's kind of crazy over here. But anyway, today we dive deeper into trust as described in Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In previous episodes, I talked about how this verse is one of the first verses I memorized as a girl. I didn't know then, but this would become a theme for my life. So I wanted to talk more about this scripture. In these verses, we are counseled to trust in the Lord and to do so with all our heart and to acknowledge him in all our ways. Well, what does it mean to trust? It can be easy to trust when all is going well, but what about when times are difficult? Corey Ten Boom was a Christian who was imprisoned during the Holocaust for helping the Jews. She endured great suffering in the concentration camps and knew well the difficulty of trusting the Lord. She said, When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. There are many different ways to describe trust, and here are some examples. Trust means that one— I believe you have my best interest at heart. Two, you are benevolent towards me and want good things for me. Three, I can depend on you to do what you say. Four, I believe you are able to do what you say you will do. And five, you are transparent with me. We could define the five pillars of trust as character, compassion, consistency, competency, and communication. Character can be defined as the sum of or the constitution of the moral and mental qualities which distinguish an individual. We often think of character relating to a person's honesty, honor, and integrity. David Bednar said that perhaps the greatest indicator of character is the capacity to recognize and appropriately respond to other people who are experiencing the very challenge or adversity that is most immediately and forcefully pressing upon us. Character is revealed, for example, in the power to discern the suffering of other people when we ourselves are suffering. Character is demonstrated by looking and reaching outward when the natural and instinctive response is to be self-absorbed and turn inward. Through the scriptures, we understand the character of Christ. Well, why is it important to understand the character of God? And what do we know about the character of God? In the lectures of faith, it says, Let us here observe that three things are necessary in order that any rational and intelligent being may exercise faith in God unto life and salvation. First, the idea that he actually exists. Secondly, a correct idea of his character, perfections, and attributes. Thirdly, an actual knowledge that the course of life which he is pursuing is according to his will. Jesus showed us again and again that he was consistent in thinking of others, even when he himself was suffering. 
For example, after Jesus had endured unbelievable suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, he met Judas, who betrayed him, and one smote the Roman soldier's ear off. Yet Jesus healed his ear. He pleaded with the Father to forgive the soldiers, quote, for they knew not what they do. And even as he hung dying, he offered comfort and hope to the thief on the cross and said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He had every reason to focus on his own pain and suffering, and the natural man in each of us would have been self-centered. Yet we read in John 19, When Jesus was suffering agony on the cross, he turned outward with concern for his mother and said to his disciple John, Behold thy mother, and to care for his mother Mary. We learn at the constancy of Jesus' unselfishness, of his consistent compassion for others, his caring nature, and his true character that is dependable and trustworthy. In James 1.17, we read, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The Lord teaches us that we can trust Him just as we can trust the sun to rise each new day and just as we can trust the seasons to change. In Genesis 8.22, we read, As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Jesus is constant, just like the rising of the sun after a long night. Jesus also showed us his competency through his actions that he is able to be unselfish and to care for us. Through his miracles, he showed us that he is able to help us, to minister to us, and to save us in our distress. And he communicates openly and honestly with us and blesses us with his spirit to warn us, testify of truth, enlighten our minds, and comfort us. Our trust is strengthened when we are in distress and we reach out to another, and they respond by caring and competently helping us. Each time that person continues to show their unselfishness, integrity, and to communicate in a transparent manner, the more we trust them. The same is true as we strengthen our relationship and rely on the Lord. The more we see Him helping us in our life, the more we trust Him to rescue us the next time we are in distress. Dr. Stephen R. Covey wrote that in all our relationships, we have a, quote, emotional bank account, and our interactions with each other either increase or decrease the balance of trust and connection. In addition to external forces that seem beyond our control, we often struggle to make loving deposits, which makes it harder than ever to grow that emotional bank balance. This causes our emotional bank account to decrease and become overdrawn and the result is less trust and decreased connection with each other. Distrust and suspicion tend to create more distrust and suspicion, says Covey, creating a vicious downward spiral that we're living in today. Mahatma Gandhi said it this way, The moment there is suspicion about a person's motives, everything he does becomes tainted. Covey, however, strongly believes that we have a choice. There's a better way to operate in today's world, he said and it's by leading with trust. Well, how can we build trust? Stephen R. Covey taught in his bestseller, Spiritual Roots of Human Relations, that we care about the other person and seek first to understand the other person before we insist on being understood. 
And usually we have it totally backward. We are so concerned about making sure the other person knows what we think and how we feel. And we want to defend ourselves and we want to explain and we want to make sure that they know what's going on with us. When the reverse order is what builds trust. Our trust is dependent on feeling that the other person cares about us at home, at work, and in all organizations. Stephen R. Covey's son, Stephen M. R. Covey, the author of The Speed of Trust, said, You listen first. You demonstrate respect for what you hear. You clarify expectations, and you focus on and agree upon a mutual process for accountability to those expectations. That includes giving the why behind the what. In other words, declaring your intent. We can see that the Lord fulfills the five pillars of trust. We can trust Him because He is trustworthy. In addition, we trust Him with all of our heart. To me, this means that we trust the Lord completely, no matter what the outward evidence looks like. Well, how can we trust Him completely? We can completely trust the Lord when we understand His correct nature. When we understand and believe that He delights to bless us with the greatest blessings possible and that He has plans for our greatest happiness, then we can trust Him because we know that no matter what is going on now, we know that He can use this for our best good. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29.11 Isn't that verse just so awesome? I love it. Let's look at the next part of this scripture in Proverbs, in which we are counseled to lean not unto your own understanding. You know, we depend on our own understanding in most of our daily activities. We understand that when the fuel registers low, we must go to the station and add fuel to our vehicle. We understand that when it snows, we need to remove the snow before it turns to ice and is very difficult to remove and is dangerous. We don't always know how to trust God, especially when we feel like we're in the dark. However, as we are prayerful each day, we will be guided. When we come to a decision in which we don't know what to do, we will not depend on our own understanding. We will pray and seek the Lord, ask for His guidance, and rely on His wisdom. Well, what is leaning when we talk about lean not unto your own understanding? Leaning is off-center tipping in one direction or another. Think of the leaning tower of Pisa. When we lean, we are not as stable. When pressure is applied on an object that is leaning, such as a chair, it easily falls over as compared to when it is centered with all its legs together on the floor. And I know everybody has seen this happen in school, you know, when kids lean back on their chairs and then they get a little bit too much pressure and poof, off they fall. When we are centered, we are steady and balanced. And when we are Christ-centered, we rely on His wisdom and put His will as a priority in our life. We seek to be aligned with Him and His will, above our own will and above our own desires. 1 Corinthians 15.58 describes how we are solid when we are anchored in Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. When we give the Lord credit for all our blessings and also acknowledge His wisdom and power, we adhere to the admonition to acknowledge Him in all our ways. We act with trust in His divine plan, especially in the midst of difficulties, as we trust in His timing 
and in His plan. We are enabled to believe that He can turn all things for our good and that He ultimately wants what is best for us. And what is the promise that we are given in this verse? We are told that God will direct our paths. He promises to guide us and direct us through difficulties. He will guide us to our promised land. And He promises to bless us with the desires of our heart. When we rely on the Lord, we don't rely on the world or on what the world can give us, such as status, wealth, and power. We surrender all our worries and anxieties to the Lord and trust in Him. But just because we do this once doesn't mean we are done. Sometimes I need to do this several times a day. I remember a time when all outward evidence looked one way, and I had to depend on the Lord for deliverance. I prayed and fasted and prayed more fervently. I had experiences with the Lord answering my prayers previously, and I trusted in Him. I told Him that I was choosing to rely on Him above all others, and I prayed that His promises to me would be fulfilled. I remember that things looked bleak, and at times I felt darkness creep in. But I held on to the promises in the scriptures. I read and reread stories of others who trusted in the Lord, like Job, Joseph of old, the Israelites, and so many other stories. My faith was stretched during this time, and I remember asking the Lord to enable me to have greater faith and greater trust in Him, and He did. I was blessed with indescribable peace, the peace that passeth understanding. I felt calm, and I looked for the miracles that He would perform. I knew that whatever happened, the Lord would turn it for good, and He did. I saw so many miracles, and some of those miracles still abound today. But the greatest miracle of all was that the Lord showed me that I could rely on Him at all times, despite all the outward evidence. He calmed my fears and my anxieties. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am the God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41.10 And Marcus Aurelius said, Today I escaped anxiety. Or no, I discarded it because it was within me, in my own perceptions, not outside. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. That anxiety is about what is going on out there that we're worried about. But I was unable to discard my anxieties on my own. But through the enabling power of the Savior's atonement, I was given grace, and I was enabled to let go of my fears. Here are two more scriptures that strengthened my faith and my trust in the Lord. Philippians 4, 6-7 Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Isn't that so beautiful? That peace that stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Oh, I just love that. And John fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Are you afraid? 
Do you feel anxious about something? I can relate. Even after all I have gone through and all the miracles I have seen, I still feel fear sometimes. I used to confide my fears to my dad, and he would always say to me, a little insecurity is a good thing. I remember the first time he told me that, and I couldn't believe that being insecure could have any merit. (laughs) I shook my head in protest as the tears welled up in my eyes, and I still get emotional even now when I think about it. I didn't like being afraid, and I still don't like being afraid. (laughs) He was so courageous to me, and I wanted to be like him. He shared with me that he felt fear sometimes too, and then he described times when he felt fear and how a little bit was good because it propelled him in positive ways. And you know, it's propelled me in positive ways too, and it has been the impetus to strengthen my faith and my trust in the Lord. My dad's been gone now for almost 21 years, and his words still echo in my mind when I feel afraid. A little insecurity is a good thing. And you know, it's especially good if we turn to the Lord. We'll have to talk more about that in future episodes. Just know that you are not alone if you feel fear or anxiety. The Lord is always by your side, ready to calm you as you trust in Him. Thanks for listening. I know you're busy. Did you know that you help spread the love by leaving a review and following? This helps increase our visibility so people can find us online. I really appreciate your help. I'm wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey.